Well, good morning, everybody. That was weak. That was weak. Good morning, everybody. All right, that's a little better. Welcome to Next. And uh, hey, listen, we're glad that you chose to spend time with us today and spend your time with us here, and we appreciate that very much. Podcasters, thank you. We welcome you as well, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We appreciate you for listening in. So here in Next, we hope that uh, by the time we're done today, you feel encouraged. We want you to feel encouraged in your life and in your walk with God, and we hope that you are inspired by what you hear today, inspired, and that you would keep hoping for greater things and better things in your life. And we also hope that uh, you are motivated and challenged to make the changes that will allow you to keep growing. Amen. So today we are continuing our series on the Proving Ground by Kevin Gerald. Nine tests, nine tests that prove your potential. Now, last week we heard from that guy right back there in the media booth, uh, Nathan Henson, who talked to us about the motivation test, the why, the why behind what you do. Why do you do what you do? And Nate did such a great job. He always does. Um, his presentation was dense with information. And... Uh, it would be really hard for me to go back and, and review everything that he said, but I do want to key in on one point that Nate made last week that spoke to me personally. First of all, he kind of led into it with some space stuff, and that always gets my attention because I'm a space nerd. And so uh, I, was, I was keyed in just like that whenever he started talking about Einstein and, and uh, the, his theory of general relativity. But one of the points Nathan made in that uh, was that how progress is relative to perspective. You look at me right now, and it, it looks like I'm standing still. But that's because all of us are actually moving millions of miles an hour through space. Uh, it's a matter of perspective, right? And so uh, whenever Nate talked about that, it clicked with me. It made me think. It gave me some hope, Nathan, so thank you for that very much. If you missed it last week, um, even if the motivation test isn't your test, right, whenever you took the, uh, the self-assessment on kevingerald.com forward slash books. There's still time for you to do that, by the way, if you haven't already. Uh, but even if the motivation test wasn't your test, I strongly urge you to go back and give it a listen. Matter of fact, even if you were here, uh, it would be great for you to go back and listen to it again because there was so much information, so much great stuff in that, and I think you would pick up on even more if you'd listen to it again. So, Nathan, thank you. Uh, for doing such a great job last week. We all appreciate it. And while I'm on the topic of guest speakers, next week uh, we're going to hear from Dave Bunch as he talks to us about the wilderness test. So put that on your calendar. Uh, get yourself here. Bring somebody with you. Um, come listen to Dave next week. Talk to us about the wilderness test. This week, well, <laughs> you got me. You're back on the coop train this week. <laughs> Sorry if you came here this morning you were expecting somebody else. It's just me. But... Um, we're going to talk about the credibility test, the credibility test. Um, I know of at least one person here today who said that this was theirs, but anybody else willing to raise your hand and say this one was mine? Okay, great. I'm only talking to one person today. It's awesome. Okay, everybody else can just go. Y'all head on back over to uh, go to McDonald's, whatever you're going to do. Aaron, stay here. I'm just... The credibility test. So the credibility test 
It proves our reliability and trustworthiness. That's what the credibility test is all about. Proves our reliability and trustworthiness. So you all know every chapter in the book comes with a question. And so we're using it like a key question like we often do here and next. So here's the key question. Can others count on you? Whenever it comes to the credibility test, can others count on you and trust you with the opportunities that are given to you? Can you be trusted? Can other people count on you and trust you with the opportunities that are given to you. I want to look at two scriptures um, this morning. The first one comes from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. We'll read this from the New Living Translation. It says this, says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. So I don't like that. I, I, don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to walk a crooked path. I don't want to be exposed. I want to be safe, right? I want to walk in safety. Well, what does that take? It means integrity. Integrity. It's just that integrity is a, a fancy word for wholeness. One, your life is one. You're not living a, a duplicitous life, a divided life. It's it's one life. You think of it this way: you're the same in private that you are in public. Yes. So that's a life of integrity. Well, if you live a life of integrity, then you walk safely. And then Luke chapter two, verse fifty-two. This is one of my favorite scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures, and, and I had it actually stuck to uh, my mirror over the, my vanity for a while. I think it's about to make a comeback, though. Um, I took it down. I think it needs to be back there. You want a good biblical model for personal growth? Here it is right here in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Look at this. It says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. In the New Living Translation, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So this is a great model for growth, great model for personal growth. You want to know where you should focus your self-improvement efforts in 2020? Well, this is it right here. You do what Jesus did. It says that he increased in wisdom, so mental growth. He gave his, you give your brain some food. Give your brain some food and grow mentally. You get off a of desperate housewives of Atlanta or whatever else that mess is, and you give your brain some, some good food. You, you, you listen to some podcasts. You, you watch some, some documentaries. You read, you read a book. You, you watch some TED Talks that are free on YouTube. Okay, You give your brain some food. You grow mentally. That's what Jesus did. It says he increased in wisdom. Then he increased in stature. That's physical growth. Jesus grew physically. That's the healthy eating, exercise, activity. And then it says that he increased in favor with God. That's spiritual growth. You need some faith food, too. You need to feed your faith, feed your spirit. And then it says that he increased in favor with men. That's relational growth. He's, he increased vertically in his relationship with God. He increased horizontally in his relationships with men. So being intentional in your relationships. And the only thing that's really not mentioned here in Luke chapter 2, verse 52 is finances. But really, that's spiritual, right? If I, if I want to know where your heart is, really, I just look at your checkbook and your calendar because where you spend your time and where you spend your money, that tells me where your priorities really are. So it doesn't explicitly mention finances, but, uh, you know, the good indicator of where your heart is is where um, you are in God. So... Um, Nothing shows where your heart really is, like how you spend your money and time. It's good stuff. More on that, I think, in the new year. We'll be hearing this. We'll be hearing from Luke chapter 2, verse 52 again after the new year. But we're talking about credibility today, credibility. And, and that's what this scripture in Luke is showing us, that Jesus grew and gained credibility. He increased in favor with God and with man. 
Now, I, all of us at some point have gained and lost credibility. Right? I've, I've, I feel like I've gained and lost credibility with some people in here today. Um, I've done some of both. Maybe you made a mistake that caused you to lose the trust of the people around you. Or maybe you spent years in school getting a degree so that you would be reliable and knowledgeable in a certain field. Or maybe, maybe you've spent years working in a certain industry and the years of experience that you have there means that others trust your judgment and they listen to what you have to say because of the years of experience that you have in that field. It's called credibility. And your ability to, to gain and maintain credibility, your ability to gain and maintain credibility is what's going to open the door, the next door of opportunity for you. Your ability to gain and maintain credibility is, is going to be the thing that opens your next door of opportunity because most, if not all, most of, of life's promotions occur after you've passed some type of test of credibility. Right? So they, they wouldn't give you your first job as a teacher until you had passed that, uh, that praxis test, right? Uh, many of you in here, you've had to pass tests for work safety tests and, and that sort of thing. So, so you get it. You understand there's some type of credibility. What I want to do here today, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to talk to you about what credibility is. I'm going to give you a working definition of credibility. It's not a, it's not a Webster's Dictionary definition, but a working definition. And then I want to talk to you about three forms of credibility. So a working definition for credibility and then three forms of credibility that all of us need to have. You've got to have all three. We'll see that that we've got to have if we're going to pass this credibility test. So what is credibility? Well, here's your good working definition. Credibility is a combination of what you do, who you are, and how others view you. Credibility is a combination of what you do, who you are, and how others view you. Stop. Stop right there. Because we live in a time, thank you, social media, where people go to great lengths to create an image that they think other people will like. That's why Instagram gives you so many options that to let you filter that picture of your fancy coffee. You know, you, you don't like the way it looks without a filter, so you put some Clorindon on it or some black and white or some... Tepia or sepia or whatever it's called. I mean, you, you really, you doctor it up and you, you make sure it, it's got, it brings out the blues or it enhances the greens, you know. They want you to filter that picture you took of your backside in the gym, you know, in the, in the mirror at the gym, you know, and enhance and lift or compress whatever it is you got to do to make it appealing. Or your steak dinner on date night, right? to bring it out on the plate, get the picture and filter it. Why? To make it appealing, to make it the most appealing to the most people. But let me, let me ask you, what, what happens whenever your reality is different from your feed? What, what, what happens whenever reality is different from your, from your story? Yeah, I mean, you took that cute picture at the gym on Tuesday, but then we see you Wednesday coming out of McDonald's and you're slamming down quarter pounders and guzzling Dr. Pepper like there's no tomorrow. 
you've kind of you've lost some credibility with me as a fitness instructor, as a as a coach, right? As a voice that I would listen to. I mean, you posted, Kara, that 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 color enhanced, perfectly doctored family fall photo, right? Where the the pumpkin is just so orange and the grass is just so green and the leaves are just so red and yellow. But yet we all heard you in the church lobby fussing and cussing with the family as you walked across the parking lot. See, your, your, your feed isn't really matching reality. When perception doesn't match reality, either you lose credibility or someone loses credibility with you. I don't know if y'all have noticed this or not. I've seen a few examples. But some people's posts on Friday night don't really jive with their posts on Sunday morning. Sometimes there's an inconsistency there, and it, it really it causes some credibility issues because you're laying your hands on her and praying for her in the altar on Sunday morning, but I saw what you had in your hand on Friday night. Okay? So which one are you really? Are you the Friday night post you or are you the Sunday morning post you? Well, here's the answer. You're both. You really are. You're both. And listen, folks, I'm, I'm poking fun, but really all of us, if we want to get down to brass tacks, there's some inconsistencies. There's a Friday night post and a Sunday morning post living in every single one of us. We constantly feel the tension of the pull between our carnal nature and our spirit nature, and we're trying to make those two things one and live that life of integrity. But you're both. And, and so here's, here's what that means. Facts and perception might be the same because we're both. Facts and perception might be the same, but then again, they might not be. Now, look, I'm going to give you all an example. Do not look at your spouse. If your spouse is in here, look straight ahead. Look neither to the right nor to the left. Just right here, right here at me. But have you all ever had somebody misinterpret what you said? Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. You know what you meant. You know what you meant, but they got it all twisted. Which one is reality? The what what you intended or or what they perceived? Which one is reality? Well, the answer is both. The point is, and th this is the point here, sometimes credibility problems have more to do with perception than they do with facts. And it's imp that's important to remember whenever you're thinking about your own credibility, perception matters. Well, I know who I am. If they don't like it, they can lump and get over it. Perception matters. So, yeah, what you meant to do matters. But, and, yes, the intent <laughs> excuse me, of your heart matters. But how other people see it, whenever it comes to the credibility test, that matters too. And here's something else to keep in mind about your credibility. Let's go back to our working definition and add to it just a little bit. Credibility is a combination of what we do and, and who we are and how others view us, but then tack this on at the end, over time. Over time. What you do, who you are, and how others view you over time. Listen, I've always wanted, I don't know if it will ever happen, but I've always wanted a bespoke suit always wanted a bespoke suit. Y'all ever heard of that? Bespoke suit? That's fancy words for you go to a tailor and you put down a bunch of money 
and then they custom make a suit for you, yeah? It's bespoke because you've spoken for it, I guess, right? You know, you've spoken for it with your wallet. Hey, I want you to make this, this suit for me. Your money talks, right? You've ordered and arranged for the suit beforehand. Now, I'm not going to put out that kind of money just going to anybody. If I'm going to spend that kind of money on a bespoke suit, I'm, I'm not going to just anybody. I'm going to a tailor with credibility. I'm not going to the guy that just opened his shop that morning. He just got finished hanging the sign on his door. I'm, I, that's not the guy I want to talk to. I want to go see the guy that, that has repeat customers, who's been in business for years, who's earned his credibility, watch this, over time by his own work. That's the guy I'm going to spend my money with. Credibility is earned over time, which really isn't fair because it can be lost in, a, in an instant. Credibility, it can, it can be lost in a moment, but it has to be built over time. It's not fair. I'm not saying it is fair. It's just the way it is. It's the way it is. And one more point before we move on talking about what credibility is. Watch this. Credibility cannot be transferred. You don't get your credibility because of what somebody else has done. Nobody else can earn your credibility for you. Now, sure, a mentor can certainly speak for you. A mentor can put in a word for you. They can open doors for you. But he or she can't hold that door open for you forever. Because credibility can't be transferred, eventually each one of us have to either pass or fail our own credibility test. So for the rest of our time today, I want to I talk about three forms of credibility, and I'm going to give them to you, and then we'll talk about each one individually. But here they are, just listed for you, three forms of credibility. Uh, the first one is the credibility of competence, the, cre credi the credibility of competence. Uh, I'll, I'll pick on Steve, okay, uh, because he's great at what he does. Can he play the guitar? Yes, he can. If so, how well can he play it? He can play a lot better than I can. He can play a lot better than most people I know. He's put in the time, all right? Is he competent? Absolutely. It's the credibility of competence. Well, then the second one is the credibility of personality. Yeah, he can play, but is he good to work with or is he a jerk? Is he all about me or is he a, is he a team player? Does he have a God-honoring attitude? Does he have a others-honoring attitude or is it all about me? I can tell you that Steve definitely has a God-honoring attitude and a others-honoring attitude, and he's a blast to work with. But it's the credibility of personality. And then the last one is the credibility of character. Does he show up when he say, says he will? Does he, if he, does he show up on time? Does he show up prepared? Does he live a life of consistent integrity and, and moral values? the credibility of character. So the credibility of competence, personality, and character. Let's talk about the credibility of competence. Competence. Competence is, is about people knowing that you know what you're doing. That's what competence is. I can tell that you know what you're doing. It allows them to trust you in your work or in your role. Um, there's three parts to it. The credibility of confidence of competence is earned whenever you've proven that you have, first of all, the necessary skills for the role that you're in. Look, if you're a police officer, Troy, and you can't hit the broadside of the barn with your service weapon, I don't really want you showing up at my house in the middle of the night whenever the burglar's trying to break in. 
I want the guy that's got some skills, right, who's precise. So skills, it also means that you have the necessary knowledge for the role that you are in. I don't want the attorney that doesn't know the law. If I'm going to court, I want the guy sitting by me that knows the law. Get Gordon, get it done, right? And then finally, so it's skills, knowledge, and then habits, the right kind of habits for the role that you're in. If you're a fireman, but you haven't been able to tie your own shoes for the past 20 years because your gut is so big, I really want somebody else showing up to haul me out of the burning building. You need some different habits for that role, right? So skills, knowledge, habits. These are, these are the keystones to the credibility of competence. But we need to spiritualize it, right? Because this is, this is next in Sunday school. So one of the things that, that God wants to know before he places you into your calling is, can you do the job? Can you do the job? This is what I have for you to do. Can, can you do it? Or do you have the skills? Do you have the habits? Do you have the knowledge? Because he, he doesn't want to set you up for failure. That's not a good father. That's why the scripture says in, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So you may have a plan for where you want to go. You may, may even know what it is that God's called you to do and what you want to do, but God orders, orchestrates, organizes your steps to make sure that you're capable whenever you get there. God didn't put David in front of Goliath the minute he came out of the womb. He gave David some time in the pasture watching sheep to develop some competencies. And as a result, you know what happened? Whenever David finally showed up to, and it was time to go out there and face Goliath, he knew what, what kind of stones he needed. He knew how many he probably needed. He knew what kind of armor would work and wouldn't work. Uh-uh, this didn't work. This won't work. This isn't right. He knew how to fight things that were bigger than him. He had taken out a lion. He had taken out a bear. So he had some competencies that he had developed before he ever got onto the battlefield. It, but there's a common pitfall with this one, with this, with this credibility of competence, and I'll, I want you to be careful with this one. The equipping of oneself so that you can remain competent. Because remember, you've got to gain and maintain competencies and credibilities. The equipping so that you can remain competent, that is an ongoing, never-ending task. That doesn't stop. Because what was considered fresh and cutting edge and out of the box five years ago might just be lame and ineffective and obsolete today. Methods and knowledge and skills are constantly changing and being expanded and being improved on. Look, I'm really glad that doctors don't try to fix every infection today the same way they did 200 years ago. Because 200 years ago, I go in with a spot on my leg, they're like, mm, got to come off. I'm glad they don't do it that way anymore. They've developed some other techniques and gained some more knowledge. You've got to do the same thing. You are constantly going to be equipping and trying to, to, to grow to remain competent. So what worked yesterday might have been great. We applaud it. We respect it. We revere it. But competence is credibility based on what you can do today, not what you could do five years ago. Well, five years ago, she was a great teacher. 
Five years ago, he was a great media guy. Well, guess what? Technology changed over the past five years. You've got to learn some new skills. In short, listen to this. Becoming competent takes work. Staying competent takes work. So what are you doing today? This is where we'll get down to brass tacks. What are you doing today to be able to do the things that God has asked you to do? Maybe you need to invest, like actually spend money, in learning a new skill. Maybe you need to invest time and money in refining an old skill. Maybe you need to take a course that will get you up to date in your area. I don't know. Maybe you need to connect with the right people and, and, and start asking questions. There's this fabulous thing that we have access to today called the Internet and you can connect with people that are on the, uh, have y'all heard of that? You can connect with people on the other side of the world who are experts in just about anything. Or you can find some people who are literally right down the street who know more than you do. And you can connect with people and start asking questions. Maybe you need to find yourself an expert and ask her, hey, can I take you out to coffee? Can we, can we go to coffee one Saturday? I just want to pick your brains about some stuff. Chances are, in this area of competence, there's something that you could do today to start gaining credibility, because it never, it never stops. It's the credibility of competence. Let's talk about the credibility of personality. Least qualified person on the planet to talk about it, but here I am. Credibility of personality. You guys ever see um, <clears throat> an actor or an actress in a role, and uh, they just, they felt so relatable to you. It's like you, you watch them, and you're like, oh, man, she just, she seems like she would just be so cool to hang out with. Like, it seems like he would just be, just be cool to talk to. You know, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs Mike Rowe, how many of you, that guy, I would like, I would love to just hang out with Mike Rowe, you know, dump in the Ford truck and go do a dirty job somewhere. He just, he seems just so, so cool and easy to get along with. His podcast is excellent, by the way, highly recommend it. But what you're recognizing in that person is his or her ability to use their personality to gain credibility with you. It's not based on knowledge or skills or habits or character even. Rather, it's a combination of traits that make for a pleasant personality. And look, don't write that off. Don't write that off. It's important. Politicians win millions of votes based on their personality. I'm not voting for that guy. Why not? I just don't like him. I think, I think I'm going to vote for that, that lady. Why? She just, I just really felt the connection. It's personality. But you limit. See, what happens is you'll write that off, and what, what happens is you limit your potential whenever you neglect this area of credibility. But if it's the only area of credibility that you focus on, then you won't be able to sustain the progress that you made with people. Think of it this way. You ever heard a, a politician or an actor or actress, and, and you thought, man, they just, they just seem so nice, they seem so wise, they, they seem so relatable, they seem so sensitive, only to see that same person in another setting? And then they lose all credibility with you? Tom Cruise. Jerry Maguire. He, he was great. I was like, man, that, he's just, he's a nice guy. I mean, just, he, 
He's got morals, and he's standing up for what he believes in. And then he opened his mouth about Scientology, and I'm like, Tom Cruise is an idiot. He lost credibility. What, what happened there? Your credibility of personality can certainly open some doors for you. But those same doors are going to shut very hard and very fast if you are incompetent. So don't ignore the credibility of your personality. And if your personality needs work, work on it. I'm raising my hand, not for suggestion. This is admission. If your personality needs work, work on it. But don't rely on personality alone because you need competence and character too. Paul understood this because he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself, I'm not under the law. So as to win those who were under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. I have become, watch this, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Yeah, Paul said, yeah. I identify with people. I change my vocabulary whenever I get around certain people. I'm not changing who I am. I'm not changing my values, but I might change the way I talk. I might change the things I eat whenever I get around certain people. I do what I can to find common ground for the sake of saving their souls. But, now this is the same guy who told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. So you've got to study, Timothy. You've got to know what you're talking about. So this is your personality and your competence shown right here in both of these scriptures. Yeah, I do what I can to identify with people, but you still got to study. You still got to be competent. So here's how your personality can help with your credibility. Having a positive effect on others whenever they are in our presence. People feel your attitude, and it feels good. Practicing common courtesy toward others. A smile, good manners, smiling with your voice and your face at the same time. Genuine concern for others. Hospitality. You know, other people appreciate those things, and they allow you to build relationships. Y'all think about it. Have you ever known someone that was hindered in life by an unpleasant personality? Super knowledgeable extremely competent, knew their stuff, had some skills, but, I mean, just put people off. Here's a word, just negative. Just, I mean, God's got all the brains in the world, but it's negative. She's been doing this job forever. She knows it, but, man, she's so negative. I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. Positive people. Avoid negative people. So is everyone around you negative? Well, and guess what, Flash? 
probably means you're pretty negative. Let me give you six questions. This will be fun. <laughs> give you six questions to ask yourself to help you diagnose. The, and, and negativity is just one uh one personality type that that's that's uh, that's negative and can and can cause you to lose credibility. But it, this is this is a good one to focus on. Uh, in other words, it's a good one for me to focus on. This is the negativity checkup from the neck up. All right. So the six questions right here that you can ask yourself. What number one? What do I think about most? What do I think about most? Thoughts that trouble me and make me irritable, or thoughts that encourage me and make me feel confident. Whenever you're in the shower. And you're alone by yourself with your thoughts? Are you fighting with somebody in your brain? Are you having that conversation and just get your blood pressure up? Are you thinking thoughts that encourage you and make you feel better? Number two, how do I respond to problems or difficulties? Am I challenged or discouraged? There's a difference. Am I challenged, rise to the challenge, or discouraged? What about whenever a problem surfaces? Do you solve it or do you compound it? That means do you make it worse? What do I do when I hear negative feedback? Because negative people will get defensive because they associate the feedback with their self-worth. Positive people are able to separate the feedback from their self-worth and take the feedback and use it to help them become better. Am I comfortable with failure or defeat? Positive people have glitches, they, they make mistakes, they have setbacks, but not, not too often failure or defeat. Negative people expect failure, and they usually get it. And number, number five, what kind of people, <laughs> oh dear, Jesus, help us. What kind of people do I get along well with? What are they like? I mean, be honest, like really be honest. Are they confident, encouraging successful, trying to get better types of people? Or are they insecure, complaining, unsuccessful, fault-finding types of people? Number six, how do I respond to positive information? Do books and literature and speeches, sermons, do those tend to inspire me and motivate me? Am I critical Whenever I hear of other people's successes, well, yeah, he got the promotion, but he didn't really deserve it. I mean, I've been here longer, and they just came in. Are you critical whenever you hear of other people's successes? Do I accept the value of faith for my life? Or do I disregard it as shallow and unimportant? Your honest responses to those six questions are going to give you a pretty good indication of where you're at in your credibility of personality. Okay, Jason, I got you little questions. What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Like, really, what do I do if I don't like my honest responses to those six questions? What am I supposed to do? Well, first of all, I'm just going to give you a few tips for managing the, and maintaining the credibility of personality. Number one, manage your moods. I know, I know, I, I know it's easier said than done, but manage your moods. Smile often with your face and with your voice. Greet others without waiting to be greeted first. That's huge. Just greet others before they greet you. See the people. I'm not going to talk to her until she talks to me. No, greet others first. See the people around you as having high value. 
Speak frequently words of blessings and inspiration and encouragement to others. You will be surprised the doors that will open if you will just be encouraging. Just be encouraging. Encourage somebody out of the blue. You don't have to be some type of super spiritual sensitive type. You're not an idiot. You can tell whenever somebody's having a hard time. Just say, hey, man, you know what? God, God's, God's got it under control. I believe he knows exactly what's going on in your life, and he is going to do some great things. Just encourage somebody. You'll be surprised the doors of opportunity that open. And then, look, practice motivational maintenance of your own life. What does that mean, motivational maintenance? Well, it means stuff like getting plenty of sleep, getting some physical activity in, eating maybe not all of the quarter pounders, some faith food, faith food, that matters too, not just on Sunday, but, but feed your faith throughout the week. Ooh, I got to hurry. This is the last one, but man, we're in a bind. Let's talk about the credibility of character. I went to, uh, excuse me, a little goopy. Um, I went to the opera with Kaylin this past, uh, this past Friday night. And uh, it, was, it really wasn't bad. It was more like a musical play uh, than, than what I'd expected. I'd honestly prepared myself for, like, the screeching soprano in Italian, right? I even br <laughs> I brought my earbuds, like, because if it was going to be that, I was just going to, like, put in my earbuds and turn something on Spotify. Um, I was, I really, I was never so happy to be proven wrong. I, it, it was an enjoyable experience, I digress. But at one point in the performance, there was this, like, this very poignant, solemn scene between the main character, George, who was an artist, and his elderly mother. And uh, in the middle of this exchange, uh, the guy that was playing George drops this pencil out of his sketch pad, and it just clatters on the stage. And it was like... It's like a really serious moment, right? And it's, it was really, it was distracting. It was loud, and it didn't fit the moment at all. And uh, it, it was obviously not supposed to happen. But the dude playing George, he didn't miss a beat, man. He just kept on rolling like it never happened. And, and at some point, he just kind of kneels down and picks up this offending pencil and, and mid-song, right? Didn't break stride. Didn't... Experienced actors, good actors, they know whatever happens, you stay in character. You stay on course, and you continue with the scene, no matter what happens. One, side of a, one sign of, of a really good actor, live acting, obviously, is that they don't break character in unexpected or difficult situations. Likewise, our character ethics are never known until they are tested with a difficult situation. And we may have good intentions, but intentions aren't the same as good character. Good character is the moral strength to maintain our predetermined course in the moment of unexpected opposition. I'm going to say that again. Good character is the moral strength to maintain our predetermined course in the moment of unexpected opposition. For an actor or actress, their, their stage character is tested in public. But for the child of God, your moral character is almost always challenged in private. 
the greatest opponent to your credibility of character is that little voice that whispers, nobody will ever know. It's not going to hurt anybody. Just this one time, it's not going to matter. People don't understand what you've been going through. You deserve this. That little voice, whenever it starts talking, that is the greatest enemy to your credibility of character. Careful, 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 because those moments of potential compromise are when we will either pass or fail our greatest character test of all. And listen to me. Don't allow your pride to be a cover-up whenever your character is at stake. I got to hurry, but David and his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, Nathan came to him in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and pointed his finger in his face and said, Thou art the man. And David had a moment, he had an opportunity where he could have said, You know what? I'm the king. Take this guy out, slit his throat, be done, throw him in a grave. We'll never hear from it again. He could have covered it up, but he didn't. He owned it. And he repented, and he said, you know what, Nathan? You're right. I messed up, and I messed up bad. And that's the reason that he was able to write, and I can't go back and read all of it, but Psalm chapter 51, if you look at it in a, any translation other than the King James, you know what it says at the top? The prayer of David after Nathan the prophet confronted him with his sin of, with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. And y'all have heard this before. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love and according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. But verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a prayer. And look, I find it interesting. I find it so interesting. A failure like David's could have destroyed him. And by every right, it should have. Adultery, murder of a close friend, high profile. It was a mess. It should have destroyed him. But you know what? David's influence actually grew after he came clean. Passing the credibility test is going to enlarge your sphere of influence as well. Let me give you some next steps, and we got to go. If you could rate your credibility on a scale of 1 to 10, what number would you give it? If you could rate your credibility on a scale of 1 to 10, what, what number would you give it? Why? Why would you give it? I'm Jason, I'm a 3. All right, well, that's, that's really not too good. you got a lot of room for improvement there, but why three? I give it a 10. All right, well, that's pretty strong. Uh, why would you give it a 10? Rate your, rate your level of credibility. And then if you had to pick one area that needs improvement, which one would it be? Would it be competence, personality, or character? And why that one? Jason, I, I need to learn some things. There, there's some areas where I could be more competent. Jason, I really need to work on my personality. I got some annoying things about who I am as a person that just kind of puts people off. I need to do a better job. Jason, I, I need to work on my character. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of living a double life in some areas, uh, so I, I need to work on that. So why that one? All right, well, great. Now that you've got it identified, then what are some steps that you could take today to build your credibility? What will you do today 
to be able to do the things that God planned for you in your future. And then finally, find someone that you can trust and ask them for feedback about your credibility. Listen with an open mind. Take some steps to improve. And here's a great one. Why don't you try asking God about things that you are blind to or in denial about whenever it comes to your credibility? You pray a prayer like that, I've got a pretty strong idea God's going to start talking to you. All right. Next, uh, next week, Dave Bunch, Wilderness Test. If there's anybody that's walked through a wilderness, we know Dave's story. It's him, and that's specifically why I asked him to talk to us about that one. So uh, make sure you're here next week. Um, let's pray real quick. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that we are able to, uh, to absorb uh, this material about credibility. Lord, if there are areas in our lives where we need to work on our competence or our personality or our character, then show us. Show us our blind spots. Lord, and, and, and put the people in our lives that will help us to get better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here today. Have a great day.